Welcome to Day 51 of Shaped by the Word, uh, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. And of course, we are in the middle of uh, Joseph's uh, rise from the, you know, from the pit all the way you know, to the pinnacle uh, in Egypt, which is, is quite incredible how, how we got here. Uh, it seemed almost impossible that you know, Joseph's dreams as a young man would come anywhere near being true, but we see him being fleshed out in a way that is beyond ma- imagination. So not only uh, will you know, his, his brothers you know, bow down before him, but many nations uh, will bow down before him. So we see him in the middle of revealing you know, to uh, Pharaoh his, his dreams. And, of course, we should do some outtakes on our podcast because immediately after the podcast uh, yesterday, Katie brought up you know, just up. Uh, the part of the scripture she most is delighted in so far, and, and then 51 different podcasts. So, Katie, if you wanted to share your... Yes, I have some great biblical insights. All I said was that I just loved the aside or just the commentary that we get from Pharaoh when he's explaining his dreams, that he that these were ugly cows and that he had never seen such ugly cows before. Not in the land of Egypt. <laughs> yeah, uh, possibly in elsewhere. other lands there could be very ugly cows, but how could this possibly happen in Egypt? <laughs> so spiritual. We have the most beautiful woman, the most handsome guys, and, and the best looking cows in all over the world. And David said he really wouldn't even know how to tell a good looking cow I, from an ugly cow. So. Do any cows look good? You're such a city boy. Some cows look a lot better than others. So here we are in Genesis chapter 41, picking up in verse 37 before we waste away all the great biblical insights on ugly cow jokes. And obviously, as we, we look at this, as we talked about yesterday, we see God's sovereign plan unfolding in his promises, uh, you know, all the way, you know, going back, you know, to Genesis chapter 3. Uh, to redeem all of mankind and to bless all the nations of the earth through uh, Abraham and his family. And, of course, this is a great-grandson of of Abraham who finds himself in the middle of Egypt for just uh, this particular moment. So as we read Scripture, we, we are always reminded that there are some nice, you know, humorous twists we see in Scripture, and and uh, those those are intentional. And there's also some profound truth that we see in Scripture. Uh, scripture is really a... Uh, you know, work for all seasons. It meets our heart and our joy and in our sorrow. Uh, and as we read it, we we want to be prepared in heart and mind to receive from God what He has for us uh, through His Word. So before we uh, before we read, David, do you mind lifting us up in a word of prayer? No, let's pray. And Father, we do as we come to Your Word. Um, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You You speak to us through Your Word. That it's living and that it's active and that from beginning to end it tells of your wonderful history of redemption and so father may we behold wonderful things in your word today Um, encourage us to set our hearts on you Um, that no matter what we're going through right now that we have a god who is trustworthy and then who is true and who rules over the universe and so he can be trusted with our days so may we trust you Uh, may you give us the faith we need to trust you and to trust in what you are doing in this time in this place and we pray this all in the name of jesus amen and we're picking up in the middle of chapter 41 and verse 37 Uh, joseph has not only interpreted pharaoh's dream but he's been bold enough to offer a plan of action the plan of action is to find a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of egypt and 
uh, to gather the abundance during the seven years of abundance to prepare for the seven years of scarcity that will follow us. So we pick up in verse 37 with these words. Plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all of his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and he put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second command. And the people shouted before him, Make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all of Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name zaphnath paneah and gave him Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in cities. In each city he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain like the sand of the sea, so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Before the years of the famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble in all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt there was food. When all of Egypt began to fill the famine, famine uh, people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph and do what he tells you. When the famine was spread over the whole country, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe everywhere. You have a nice little note there in the middle, you know, in the birth of uh, you know, Joseph's sons. Uh, the first one, Manasseh, you know, God has made me forget all of my troubles. And the next one, Ephraim, he has made me fruitful uh, in, a, in a foreign land or in the land of my suffering. And, of course, uh, we, we know, uh, kind of a spoiler alert, that he's not going to be able to forget his father's household because uh, they're about to make a reappearance. Mm-hmm. in the text so as we read this and uh, what, a, what an amazing turn what an immediate turn <laughs> right. it would be yeah. you, you walk in a prisoner who you know, had shaved in you know, uh, you know 12 or 13 years and uh, you come out with a new title a gold chain a chariot uh, people making way for you everywhere you drive your chariot, a new wife, uh, all in a matter of you know, reading in the text, about four or five minutes, you know, this whole thing happens. <laughs> That's a montage so it's, it's in the kind movie. Of, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 for, you know, the change in fortunes of Joseph from you know, being in the bottom of the pit you know, that his brothers threw him in uh, you know, to being, uh, Pharaoh gives him this unprecedented position. Nobody's going to raise a hand or set a foot in all of Egypt. Uh, apart from apart from your word. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, surely this is just uh, pointing us to Jesus, right? 
Oh, <laughs> Made false mark. <laughs> like I, as I was reading, I was thinking, oh man, this has got to be like a, an image, a picture of what Jesus would be, which is, I mean, Joseph went from the bottom, the pit, to being given a, a signet ring, g- being given riches, and being at the right hand man of the king, and all within sh- like two seconds. And of course, with Jesus, we have, you know, he is dying. Mm, well, the guy said five minutes, and so you well, had to contradict me to two seconds. <laughs> I corrected you. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. So then we have Jesus who is dying a sinner's death, dying the cursed death, and then being exalted um, to the right hand of God the Father. So just a small picture of what we would get in our in our Savior. Pretty cool. No, there's no doubt that there are, there are you know, it does remind us of the death, um, burial, and resurrection, and exaltation of our Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, uh, the one who is at the right hand of the Father, and to whom all wealth and all glory and all honor you know, has been given. And so this is kind of a small glimpse of the ex- exaltation of another son of Abraham mm-hmm. uh, in the same family line mm-hmm. uh, as well. And, and so we, we, we should see a little yeah. bit of Christ in this. It's almost just the perfect illustration of Philippians 2, you know, as Paul's thinking yeah. about that, that you know, you give him a name above every name. You know, and, and that's what we're, we're watching unfold um, is just this kind of exaltation and the sense of Joseph, uh, you know, with those promises in the back of, the, of our mind. And, and I love the, the way this chapter closes. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe everywhere. You know, and you think back to those promises. We've seen descendants, we've seen nations, you know, and these things forming. And now all of a sudden it's the entire world, the nations will be blessed through the line of Abraham. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it hasn't been ultimately fulfilled, you know, salvifically yet. But what we are seeing in this moment is, you know, blessing coming by the m- mere providing of food, mm-hmm. you know, and nations coming. And it's also setting the stage for, you know what's happening in Canaan because we've kind of left Canaan in some ways, and and I love the hint you pointed out that you know although Joseph's name's been changed, he's kind of been adopted into Egyptian culture. He hasn't left his father's household yet, and even the names, the way he names his sons, he gives them Hebrew names. You know, mm-hmm. just and, and we're, the author's kind of reminding us he hasn't completely left his household yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, of course, he takes on an Egyptian name and uh, he marries an Egyptian wife, and not only that. Uh, uh, you know the the daughter of a priest, so you have a you, know, you have kind of a mixing of you mixing of cultures here. But you are you're so right. This is this is a glimpse of what God has promised would happen through Abraham. All the nations of the earth being blessed, you know through you know through him. And it is not a complete picture because the blessings of food and abundance are not nearly the same as a blessing you know that we'll have through salvation in Christ. And through the grace, you know, that we find in Him, uh, that'll touch every area of life. But it is again just a foretaste of God fulfilling His promise uh, in a small way, mm-hmm. and the salvation that comes to us through Christ will be a much bigger, uh, in a blessing to the nations, more than abundant yeah. for any who would turn to Him. I just think it's interesting, also um, taking us a little bit back to yesterday and into today, just. Um, that Joseph to those ugly cows to the ugly cow I can't yeah. get past them no um, that Joseph is not looking at all to be it doesn't seem that he's looking to be the man that he's talking about you know he's telling Pharaoh you need to have somebody in charge of this this and this it doesn't seem like he's saying I'm your guy it seems like he's just humbly 
you know, offering this, this thought to Pharaoh and God is at work. And, and even Pharaoh says, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom this is the spirit of God? So God is at work and God is the one putting Joseph in that, in that position of authority. Um, and he's representing him, um, and not only in all of Egypt, but in, all, in the nations, like we mentioned. But yeah. I just think it's, I see like the humility of of Joseph here and that God is the one working in him and he's not striving. He's not trying to make it happen for himself, but he's just submitting himself to the Lord. And, and of course, this is so much bigger. You know, the original dreams he had were, uh, you know, of his family being exalted above his family, but now he's exalted above all the nations. Uh, of the earth, Pharaoh has given him an unprecedented, you know, position. Of course, Pharaoh has already uh, uh, relayed his dreams to the wisest, the best, and the brightest of Egypt, and they were, you know, dumbfounded even by the dreams. And Joseph comes not only, you know, with, uh, you know, with an interpretation of dreams, but with, you know, with a plan, which he's he's learned as a steward in Potiphar's house. He's learned as a steward of prison, and now he's a steward of an entire nation. And of course, this is a. A picture of what we are called to do. We've been entrusted, you know, not with our stuff, which we so quaintly call it, but we've been entrusted with, you know, a portion of God's uh, good creation in order to be a blessing to those around us and to steward for His glory and for His joy and for the benefit of the others. And this is this is kind of a great picture of the biblical position of stewardship uh, to care diligently for that who belongs to other, both for their glory and, and for the, the joy of those around us. Yeah, and I love how when Joseph's naming his sons, especially when he names his second son, he he speaks to a lot of the rallies that he's gone through about his suffering in this land. You know, he's not shy to speak on those things. He's gone through so much. But even then, as we even saw yesterday, he is obviously very quick to point to God. You know, I can't interpret that dream, but God can. And even in his sufferings, he does see you know, God being fruitful through those difficulties. You know, that God's been faithful. He's he, He's at work. He, he is being fruitful in the, in the middle of my difficulties, which is, if anything, I mean, that's what such a picture of our days as well. It's not that we just fixate on our sufferings all the time, but we know that fruitfulness comes from God. And, and so obviously he's, he's dependent on him in the middle of the difficulties. Yeah, and obviously this is, if, if we go to the end of the story, uh, you know, uh, the glory that we will, you know, experience in God's presence will be a forgetful glory. It will be one in which we, uh, there is no more crying, there's no more pain, there's no more tears, and uh, that all of the suffering of the past, you know, diminish. You know, Paul could call them momentary and light. Uh, you know, compared to the surpassing, you know, greatness that would be revealed in Him. And uh, the same is true for us, that uh, God's glory is a forgetful glory in the sense that we forget all of our suffering, and it's also a fruitful glory in which he causes us to be everything he created us to be, redeemed us to be, and purposed us to be before the foundation of the earth. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for your sovereign control over every event. You uh, are in control in abundance, and you're in control in famine, you're in control uh, in the greatest freedoms as people bow down before chariots and also in the pit uh, where you're sold into slavery by your brothers. We thank you for uh, what you've done in attending every moment of Joseph's life, and we thank you, Father, what you do in attending every moment of our life as well. Uh, we are thankful our lives are in your hands. 
may we see you at work in us and may even when we don't see you at work in us may we have a quiet confidence that you are it's in your holy name we pray amen <laughs>